Greetings and welcome to Smart Loving Conversations, the place where we discuss all things Catholic marriage. I'm Francine Parola. And I'm Laura Kane from Smart Loving, a global network that accompanies couples as we together explore how to maximise the good times and learn from the bad ones. With our guests, we explore love, marriage, family and living the Catholic faith, setting our sights on heaven while keeping our feet on the ground or in the mud and muck that life throws our way. We've been there and so have our guests. Join us for better and for worse as we dive deep into real life conversations of struggle and triumph. Welcome friends and listeners of Radio Maria Australia. Our Smart Loving Conversation today is about marriage as a mission. But first we want to introduce our guest, Philippa. Philippa Caulfield. She's married to Luke and they have four beautiful children with their newest addition, baby Theo, who will be joining us today in the podcast. We we might get a a little shout out from Theo. And Philippa and Luke are smart loving sponsors, which means that they accompany engaged couples as they prepare for marriage and go through the smart loving engage course. Welcome Pip. Thank you for having me. You're so welcome. We're so pleased to be here, friends, and I just wanted to ask, how has your walk with the Lord been these past days? Well, I've been experiencing just beautiful graces from Mary, particularly in the past uh, month. I suppose it's the month of Mary, May. Um, just this real sense of maternal affection, and it's, it's manifesting in really practical ways, like, uh, for example, just do you get those parishioners that just get on your nerves and, it's, it's, you know, it's not about them, it's about me. But I'm seeing them now with just this beautiful tenderness and compassion and that kind of irkiness is just dissolving out of the relationship. So I'm really attributing that to just Mary's grace and intercession. Beautiful. What about you, Philip? I've, I've had a really, really difficult but a really blessed week as well. And for me, um, it's interesting you say that beauty, friend, because that's definitely something that's resonated with me too. I've just seen incredible beauty this week in relationships and caring, particularly for my grandmother who was very ill. So I've seen a true love and a true beauty you know, from people who are not my family, um, which has been, yeah, really, really special. Well, thanks for sharing. Well, this week I have been walking with the Lord by supporting some elderly relatives they've just had their house repainted internally so everything's all you know not in the right place paintings are off the walls so I've been helping them hang paintings and get back all the house items to where they should be as well as decluttering which is always fun and they are my godparents so it has been really lovely to spend some time with them doing something really practical so that has been my prayer in action and how you know I was walking with Jesus this week and the Lord was inviting me to give of my time in that way. So shall we dive into our topic, marriage as a mission? Um, I want to start by just unpacking a little bit, thinking firstly about the secular understanding of mission. Different organisations and companies and things will have things like a mission statement and a mission statement. And the mission statement is really about what they are planning to accomplish. When we apply that with marriage, um, the most basic mission, I suppose, of marriage is to avoid divorce. But that's a really very low goal. And most of us aspire to something much more than that. We want to have a thriving relationship, not just one that simply survives and limping over the finishing line, which, let's be honest, is the death of one of us. So when we think about mission, I think about priorities, really life-defining kind of focus that orientates our drive and our attention. It sits above everything else. 
and becomes like the reference point for making decisions or organising our time and spending our money. So, you know, Laura, firstly, you, you know, when you hear the word or the phrase marriage is a mission, what does that mean to you? How do you make marriage your mission? Yeah, that's a great question, Fran. When my husband Joe and I were first married, to be honest, I had to constantly remind myself that my marriage was my mission. And so I was working hard at my career, mid-20s, and often I would stay back to finish or perfect a project for work at the expense of time spent with my husband, Joe. You know, I would come home exhausted and grumpy from the travel, the commute home. So that is an example where your career cannot be at the expense of your marriage. So I learned from being single to then dating to then being engaged and then married that your spouse has to be a priority and sometimes in your work, you know, over time, you can't, it can't be avoided. You want to put in those, that hard effort for your work as well. But if it is a regular thing, you do have to find the balance because, you know, as we're in a Catholic marriage and marriage is my vocation. It's my calling. I need to spend time um, investing in it. So you do have to have that quality time together. So I guess the question you said was, what does it mean to make marriage my mission? I guess it comes as a high priority. When you think of mission, a mission is really important. It comes the word has a bit of gravitas behind it. So it's worth doing even if it's difficult. Emissions are not always easy. And yeah, you put other things aside and you sacrifice certain things for your mission, right? I actually searched the word mission and the word vocation came up even on, you know, just Google in a secular context. And it said a vocation is your calling to go out into the world and spread the faith. So I was reflecting on that and thinking, oh, that's so true. In marriage, we are called to be a sign to the world of God's merciful love through the way we love our spouse. So we're asked to be a witness through that love. So that's a bit scary sometimes. The way I'm loving Joe is that being a witness to God's merciful, you know, never ending love. And sometimes I have to go, okay, readjust <laughs> and let's let's make that statement true um, that I'm being a, a witness to God's merciful love through the way I love Joe. Pip, what about you? Are you able to share or Theo needing your attention? <laughs> yeah, no, 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 all good. Um, look, you know, when I hear the word mission and marriage as a mission, that statement, I, I, I think of two things. Um, individually, I, I think of that personal calling. I think as Laura and yourself have said before, that it is a priority, that it is important that it's a challenge and an adventure as well. I, I, I you know, that comes to mind when, when I hear of marriage as a mission, um, but God, that God's called me to it. So it, it's a personal call and that he's, he's called me to convince Luke that Luke is loved and Luke is lovable by me, by God. Um, so similar to, to, you know, along that line of what Laura was saying just before, but definitely a very personal individual one. And then I also think of, you know, our our calling as a couple, um, you know, how we minister as a couple. Now, as, as you mentioned earlier, friend, we do that through sponsoring and, and mentoring engaged couples. But that has only come about because we've both given ourselves to our marriage as a mission and then as a couple have asked ourselves, you know, what is God asking of us? How can we minister to others as well? So I, I think of those two things when I hear marriage as a mission. We, we might unpack that a little bit more in the next section, but I guess just from my point of view, when I think of mission, switches me into a really intentional kind of mindset. So I think about what are my natural gifts and my interests, how can I apply them? So you know, for me, part of the expression of my mission in marriage is to bring my gifts as Francine as a woman. So that usually involves cooking and feeding. I'm a kind of a natural born feeder. I love to nourish people through my cooking. So I bring that into my marriage, into my family life as well. 
but I also think on the flip side about my challenges and what might be putting obstacles or hurdles into my path. So for example, um, I can tend to be a little bit reactive. Something Byron says something or asks a question, I can be triggered a little bit by that and I'm working a lot on the moment at just trying to step back from that kind of really reactive impulse and take it to prayer and look at where, well, how, why am I reacting like that? Is it a wound there that I haven't forgiven or haven't healed, haven't taken to the Lord, so that I can just be more free to mission to respond to Byron in, in love and not be so kind of defensive. So that's, that's kind of my kind of focus of my expression of my marriage's mission at the moment. The other point that comes up for me is just this whole idea of the positive cycle that we can get into. So I think about watching one of our sons when he was young and he was uh, you know, just starting to play rugby and he would be practising every spare minute to be out in the yard, to be passing the ball around. And you know, friends came over, they'd be you know, kicking the ball and practising. And the more he did it, the better he got. And the better he got, the more he enjoyed it. And therefore it wasn't it became easier to do it and so he got this positive cycle going and we get that same positive cycle happening in marriage when we make it a mission we become we put more focus and more effort into it therefore we're more likely to experience success when we get that success we get the affirmation of hey we're getting making ground here we're getting better we're enjoying each other more it becomes easier and so we put more effort into it so success in itself is motivating and so that full buy-in making it a mission being intentional we get that full buy-in and then we're more likely to experience success have you ever kind of encountered that i guess either in your marriage or in another area of your life that just sort of illustrates that positive cycle yeah definitely um i think in both really um uh, i think you know outside of my marriage I, I like to dance and every every year when when i go back to you know my dancing there's new routines to learn and i always have that self-doubt of oh, am i going to be able to learn this am i going to be able to get through but you know i'm motivated because of the love of it and so I put more effort in and gets to the end of the year and you know I'm able to see what I've achieved and so again you're like okay it builds you up again to to give something fresh and newer go the next time but I think as well in in marriage you know that that whole idea of when you put effort into it and you get this result back and even as something as simple as you know we went on a on a marriage retreat when we were first couple of years of being married and you know we went along when things were great and and we you know learned a few things and came back and put them into practice and it was such a joy you know to be like wow you know this this is so great you know being married is fabulous um, and of course we're all guaranteed challenges but you know that's that virtuous cycle you sort of go through you practice you get some encouragement you learn some skills you put them into practice and you get this great result and, and so then you, you do it again and again and again and and that's been really fruitful in our marriage across the years yeah i think it's interesting that in all areas of our life in your career you can upskill and do a little course here and you know I, I play basketball and I train on Saturdays but it seems that the general population or married couples don't realize that you can read books and you can be a better wife you can be a better husband and you can invest in your marriage and become a better communicator and all these all these aspects that you can make marriage a mission, make it a, a more positive experience by making sure that we go on a retreat or something each year. Our experience, like Pip and Luke, being a smart, loving sponsor and reminding ourselves that marriage is our mission and, and reminding ourselves of all those helpful tools and tricks, you do get that virtuous cycle. And it's like with basketball training the other day, I was practicing shooting with a game called Around the World. 
And on the Saturday morning, I was practicing at each of the different points of the key, which, which is a section of the basketball court. And I just kept practicing this side shot. And in the game, that opportunity opened up. Somebody passed me the ball. I was free on the side shot. And just the, the muscle memory kicked in. I shot the ball, went off the backboard, and it was just a big celebration with the team. And in the same way, when you learn a little tip or a technique and then you practice it in marriage and get that positive response and it's just, it's really exciting. So I'd encourage everyone, all of our listeners, to invest in their marriage and make marriage their mission and learn how to, if you're struggling with something, maybe it's communication, that you look for all those great resources that are out there to be better, be a better Mm. spouse. Mm. Yeah, I'm thinking of things like, just I took up watercolour painting a few years ago. It was a really, really hard year for me. I had a lot of health issues and the watercolour became a bit like therapy. And so I dived into it quite intensively. And I've, I've had a long-term dream since I was a kid of wanting to paint with watercolours, but always just got defeated by the complexity of the medium. This year, because I just had that intensity of focus and it really became something that I put a lot of time into. My skill level just went went up, and I got to that point, um, a bit like a you know musical instrument. I've tried to um, do musical instruments or learn Italian so many times, but I can never get to a skill level where I can enjoy it. I got there with the watercolors, and I've just found myself obsessing about it and fantasizing about it all through the day. I'd be kind of watching the clock and thinking. How long do I have to wait before I can get back to it? And that's kind of the positive cycle that we want to experience in our marriages. And it can be really tempting, I suppose, when we're feeling a little bit discouraged and there's some challenges there for us to pull back and invest less in our marriages because we're afraid of being disappointed or hurt. But in fact, it's actually the time when we need to be investing more and stepping into the space with the encouragement and support of the Lord, of course, um, in prayer. Hold that thought, friend, because I want to unpack this more after the break, so don't go away. You're listening to Smart Loving Conversations on Radio Maria Australia. We've been talking about marriage as a mission from a secular understanding of the idea of mission, but now we want to explore a little bit deeper in terms of our faith. The word mission, when I hear that, I immediately go to the Great Commission in the, the Matthew's Gospel, verses 28, chapter 28. Jesus gives the apostles a mission to go and make disciples. For Catholics, I think the undisputed priority is to seek God in our own lives and then to take it out to others. But the first priority is always the mission of our own faith and then so that we then have something to take to others. And the scripture tells us that over and over again to make God first in our lives. And one of the most important ways that we can do that practically is by loving others. So that takes us straight into the very heart of our marriage and our families, the people that God puts into our lives to love. Laura, you brought up Um, earlier about a vocation and that's the other thing that I think we associate so much with uh, a mission Uh, and it comes from the Latin vocare which means a calling and really the way I've understood that is that it's a calling to make God manifest in and through my marriage so the mission has this sense of of making God real and present to Byron so Byron my husband um, and in a very real way I feel called by God to make God's love real and concrete for Byron through the way that I love him. And there's also that sense, I suppose, mission, we think about being sent out. And people think you picked that up as well in your comment before, that God sends us not just to each other to make his love, but also to take that the love that we share 
to, to others and take it further afield, obviously to our children, but then to our you know, extended family and friends and our communities and so on. So just unpacking that a little bit more, you know, what role does God play in this idea of marriage as a mission for you? Pip, do you have some more thoughts you want to share? Yeah, thanks, Fran. Um, look, honestly, God's God's role's huge. <laughs> it really it just cannot be overstated. Reflecting on this, God has called each of us, you know, here talk, talking about this, um, to, to marriage individually. And for Luke and I, he called us to marriage um, early in life. I actually didn't think I would ever um, be married. This I got married two weeks after I turned 21. So, you know, I never, I, I say that out loud and I think, oh my gosh, who is that person? Like, it's just so not what I thought of my life and it's not like I had a grand plan or anything it's just that you know that's the way it happened and and you know when I think about God's role in that Luke and I constantly reflect neither of us I mean I got married two weeks after I turned 21 but I met Luke a little bit before that he's only two years older than me and at 21 and 23 we weren't scared we weren't scared and I know that our parents were (laughs) Our parents were a little, they weren't scared. They were a little bit worried, obviously. You know, it, it is young to make a lifelong commitment and, and that's what we all saw it as. But we just weren't scared and we look back on that and go, wow. <laughs> and that's a huge role that God has played there. You know, he's really blessed our yes. And there's, you know, it's a it's not just a yes on, on the day you get married. It's, it's, a, it's a continual yes every day, right, through all of those hard times. But not only has he blessed our yes, but he's made the mission of our marriage possible because while we each have a mission we feel that our marriage has a mission as well and so he makes that possible um you know he draws us back continually um to ask what's in the best interest of our marriage you know of our relationship and 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 he, he blesses that but he also provides hope when things are just when they're just hard and there isn't any other word for it what we are guaranteed is challenges we just don't know what they are particularly in marriage and it keeps us humble i will say but you know god's role is cannot be understated and, and it's at the center mm-hmm. of our marriage and i think as you said friends as a catholic marriage you know that's mm-hmm. god the center it's at the key and it keeps us coming back to that and keeps us focusing on that and i'm so conscious pip that the culture often tells us that when we're having difficulties or we're struggling in our marriages that that's somehow a fault or that's somehow um, a death sentence for the marriage and in fact i think sometimes the lord allows us to experience those challenges because he wants us to push through to greater depths of love and that if there was no difficulty we, we probably would never reach we'd, yeah. we'd not, never get into that really other centered self-sacrifice that life in the faith calls us to absolutely oh Fran I, I couldn't agree to you more and and you know it it does take a while. I mean, obviously, you know, I'm sure we're going to cover it a little bit more later. Um, but yes, you're right. Like those challenges do call us to become more humble. I mean, to rely on God. Look, they're opportunities for growth if we have that mindset of faith and the the eternal mindset. And I think that's where marriage as a mission is so key. Because if I didn't see marriage as a mission, why would I bother? Why? You know, that those challenges, yeah, well, I'm, I'm not happy. Why should I stay? Um, right. But that's not, that's not a mission. That's not a calling from God. And obviously, you know, our Catholic faith supports that in such a beautiful way. But you're right, Fran, those challenges, if we can see them as that, as opportunities for connection, as opportunities for growth, they allow this incredible depth of intimacy as a married couple that is really beyond, I think, what we could ever think of, you know, on our wedding day when we stand up and say, yeah. I do. Laura, what about you? How's marriage as a mission played out in your faith 
think about your wedding day and your early marriage, but also now you're eight years into marriage. I can't remember now. Yeah, 2013 we were married. Yeah, the role God plays in the idea of marriage as a mission is asking God for inspiration because if, if marriage is the mission and God is the one who's called you to that, then if you're struggling or not sure about how the mission's going, let's look for inspiration from the one who called you to that vocation. And so it's so funny, oftentimes when we've had a big argument or something, you know, we're clashing about something, we'll go to mass and the homily will just be so speaking to our hearts. And like, Joe and I will slowly look at each other and like pull, pull a face, like what the, how did the priest know? How did, like, that's, you know, it gives you goosebumps kind of thing. Uh, I don't know if you, you two have ever experienced something like that where God is so clearly speaking to you through the message. And maybe it's not at mass. Maybe it's, you know, you're listening with the ear of your heart to a testimony from a friend or kind words from a, a relative. And it's speaking to that hurt and to that cross that you're carrying at the moment in your marriage. So. Yeah, God, asking for God's inspiration and guidance and being open to how he's communicating to you and guiding you uh, as a couple is is a way that I've, going back to your question, is a way that God's played um, a role in our marriage. I think about people like you. I was 21 when I married. Byron was a little bit older. He's six years advanced on me. But again, people people warned me, said I was way too young to be getting married. And 34 years later, we're still here. Uh, but I, th- I did think that we had, when I look back on it now, that was I had a real newlywed superiority. Uh, we thought we were immune, we were in love. We, we looked at our older couples in our lives, our parents, and we were so judgmental and superior because we felt incredibly blessed. And that's a beautiful thing. That was part of God's gift to us at that time. But we weren't really uh, ready for, I suppose, some of the messiness and the mistakes and failures and wounds and disappointments that came our way in the coming years. All the personal stuff, the selfishness, even um, it, it led us away from when we started out, we had almost like this competitive generosity. We would try to outdo each other all the time by being more generous towards the other. And that kind of gave way to almost a scorekeeping mentality. We flipped to the opposite where we started to think around well, how am I missing out? Well, I'm putting in more than he is. He needs to lift his game. And uh, that kind of disillusionment, I think, is probably part of the cycle of marriage. In many couples experience that. But what saved us from going down that spiral and really sinking lower and lower was really this sense that God had called us to something bigger and something greater. And so that kept us, I guess, hungry and committed to searching for solutions when we hit the wall and and, and had an argument or felt really like we were just so stuck that we just trusted that God would find a way through. And, um, yeah, he promised through our sacrament in our wedding that he would provide the grace and so we just knew we had to keep coming back and asking him for the grace to help us get past some of those blocks thanks Fran for sharing well let's take a break before we get practical with a take home for our listeners Welcome. You're listening to Smart Loving Conversations on Radio Maria Australia. We've been talking about marriage as a mission and now it's time to get practical because theory is great, but how do we take these ideas and put them into practice in our marriages, families and work? So our practical take home today is a daily prayer for our spouse. Now, before you kind of go, oh, that's so naff, 
Couldn't you come up with something more original? I want to unpack it because there's some really good science behind how effective this can be. Prayer actually works. There's been studies done in recent years where they've shown measurable differences in attitude and behaviour among those who spend a few minutes each day in prayer for their spouse. They were proper scientific studies with control groups. One control group was just doing sort of no intervention, nothing. Another one was assigned to just think positive thoughts. And another was assigned the role of praying. And I've got a link in the show notes with more details if you want to read the studies. So we always ask couples in our courses to pray every day for their spouse. And we provide a really simple prayer that they can use. Just something like, you know, Lord God, I praise you for the gift of my spouse. And I thank you for the blessings I've had through him or her. Forgive me for the times I've failed to love my spouse the way I should and help me to do better in bringing your love and acceptance to him or her. Amen. It's really simple. It's got three important elements. It's got the gratitude, sort of recognising the blessing that God has given us through the spouse, through our spouse. There's a sense of sorrow and acknowledging any failures in love. And then there's also that petition and looking forward and, and seeking the Lord's help and grace to do better which taps into this whole topic of marriage as a mission, is how do we do better at loving each other? One of the things I like about this little take-home is that I don't need my husband to do it as well. This is something I can commit to as a wife, as an individual spouse in the relationship, in the marriage, to do this for my marriage. And it works because it reminds us of the mission and to whom we are accountable. Um, there's no fooling or hiding from God when we're taking and having this conversation with the Lord. He's kind of, I guess, we're, we're putting ourselves into that space of accountability. Laura, you've tried praying this prayer or a similar prayer. What what was the impact? Joe has is actually really great at this. And at the end of the day or at the end of the evening, he'll just place his hand on my forehead. So he, he prays with me and over me. And he'll just, it'll go something like it's free verse. It's not a structured prayer that he says. He'll just say, dear God, thank you so much for Laura. Thank you for things that you know, she's done today, taking out the recyclables, like he'll list things that he's noted that I've done, but take away any anxiety she has. And for the impact it has on me, it's a spiritual intimacy. Like I'm hearing him talk to God about me and he's actually got his beautiful, strong man hand on my forehead. And it's a real calming experience. And yeah, so we share with other couples that and encourage them to do that as well because and then I'll do the same thing for him so I'll put my cold tiny hand <laughs> on his on his warm forehead um and I'll say a similar thing like god thank you so much for my husband joe and just guide us in this next week with all the projects that he's got for work and whatever's going on you know I'll bring that into the prayer and yeah it's it just connects us Inti mm. intimately in this spiritual intimacy so that's the impact it's had on our marriage to to pray for each other and together so that's ne that's next level prayer as a, as, as a couple but you could even if joe was away uh, traveling you can still pray for each other right so that's but you're grounding your marriage in that sense of prayer and spiritual intimacy pip what about you yeah so um look that's really beautiful laura thanks for sharing for for myself look i, I do a daily offering um that tends to coincide with when i have children in the car um either on the way to school or dropping them off to you know public transport and so whoever i have in the car um, we say our daily offering and you know luke's not there he's already gone to work and so we we include you know dads for dad for protection for him on his way to and from work just simply you know i think for the little kids 
kids, that's really important to acknowledge and, you know, pray that dad's able to get his work done and, he, you know, he, he has a great day. And, um, you know, that's really important, I think, not only to offer our day to our Lord, but specifically, you know, with the children to, to acknowledge and remember dad. Most of the time I'm able to get on a morning walk. So on that morning walk, I always, always have a Thanksgiving. Always. It's always Thanksgiving to, to our Lord. I might say some other prayers as well, but it's always in Thanksgiving. And, and I just, I personally find just going on a walk, being in nature, it's quite quiet. Thanking our Lord for the blessings in my life. And the biggest one is, is Luke. So I, I thank God for him. I ask him to help me love him better because I need constant reminding about that. Uh, so just, um, yeah, that's really important. And I, I think the impact for me absolutely personally has been that I'm less selfish. Um, it, it, it keeps me humble, which is really important. It focuses me on gratitude which is incredibly important, I find, in marriage because it's very easy to slip into resentment, um, you know, around small things that then lead into bigger things. It is very easy, you know, just to focus on, on the positive and the blessings that I do have in my life. But then at other times when things are not easy, when they're just very difficult, um, for whatever reason they might be difficult, um, either personally or with Luke or with our marriage, whatever that might be, that that morning walk or that daily offering also allows me to give it to God and ask him to help, ask him to, to come into our marriage and, and to inspire both myself, Luke, both of us, ask him to do something because, you know, we're human, you know, we, we have our faults. And so that's been really important for me. They're two specific things um, that, that I do. For me, I mean, this is a simple prayer. And one of the things I like about it is I'm really big into flash prayers. So the idea of I don't wait until I've got some free time and all the kids are sorted, although that's easier to do these days with them being older. But just I need prayer. I need your help right now. So I'm just going to reach out to the Lord in a quick and simple prayer. So I call those flash prayers. And this kind of little daily prayer for a spouse is a bit in that category. It's it's not making it such a massive effort that I kind of put it off till I've got more time or I you know, can clear my head and give it focus. I'm find it's really helpful for me to just lower the bar for prayer so that I'm engaging it frequently but for shorter periods throughout the day and that way I'm tr trying to train myself I suppose or letting the Lord train me in a kind of more constant dependency and reliance on him. This prayer also um, is a little bit of an examine kind of thing you know, it just helps me think about where I could do better so it's kind of a lot of people I suppose think of God as a bit of a chastiser, somebody who's judging and criticising. But I like to think of God more as an encourager and you know, like a, I like a coach. The coach is still going to tell me if I'm, you know, not playing the game right or, you know, it's going to give me tips on how to do it better. But it comes from the space of, hey, we're on this, we're in this partnership to help refine you and make you better and to make this mission more enjoyable for you. So I, I try to um, encounter God through the prayer, not as a, oh, you know, poor me, I've stuck up again, but really as, hey, Lord, help me out here. How do I, how do I get on with this and make this a better, a more successful, um, you know, encounter with, with Byron and, and pursuing the mission that you've given me? So there's lots about me, but I think one of the nice things, we've all given different examples and different ways in which we bring prayer into this whole agenda of, of yeah, um, supporting our mission, our, our mission as mar marriage as a mission and how we use prayer and rely on God to help us do better at loving, loving our husbands and loving our families and the people he sends into our lives. Thank you, ladies, for your sharing on, on that. That's been really, really helpful.
why don't we take a break there and we'll come back after a song break. Hi there friends, this is Radio Maria Australia and it's time for Smart Loving Q&A. We get questions every day from wives, husbands and couples from around the world. What have you got for us today, Laura? Well, friend, today we've got a question from a wife from Sydney, Australia, and she's asking about arguments over housework. So she explains in her message that, you know, she asked her husband to vacuum ahead of guests coming over and he didn't do it when she had hoped. So she had a go at him and he got defensive and they ended up in an argument. We can all relate to the scenario, I'm sure. So let's just have a conversation about what could she have done differently? I guess from being married a few years, the advice I would give was to make sure that you've got clear communication in a scenario like this. So my question would be, did the husband know that the wife wanted the vacuuming done as soon as possible because he could have heard her say that can you do the vacuuming and he agreed yes I would but he could have scheduled it in his mind for say Saturday morning not realizing that the wife wanted it done by Friday 6 p.m because guests were coming over an hour later <laughs> so I guess not you know our husbands aren't mind readers so just being clear and giving that extra information hey we've got such and such coming over I really want the vacuuming done before that time maybe that would be a good a good tip I would give there and then obviously when she's come home and expected something done wasn't you know I know if that was me um, I'd jump to certain assumptions and think is it because he was lazy or he didn't he's purposely disobeyed me or whatever and just taking a breath and seeing our husbands as not jumping to worst intentions that you know I don't know what's happened in the in the period that I got maybe gone away and something's happened in the home that's taken more of a priority than the vacuuming something could have happened that needed urgent attention so just checking in and saying I, I asked for the vacuuming to be done and I really wanted it done by this time can we negotiate so that would be my advice and come to a decision like okay I'll do that because you got taken away by something else and you know not just going in like a in a china shop and saying things that are hurtful and then it takes you ages to recover from those defensive argument and so yeah pip is there anything else that you would add to to my comments to the this smart loving question yeah thanks sorry i mean it's the age-old question isn't it <laughs> um you know chores household you know division of responsibilities and look i'm not sure what advice i'd give but i'd probably just share from experience um you know with, with anyone who had this question that you know, it's always what we found is that it's a bit of a conflict of values. So how important is this particular thing to be done? You know, is I agree with you, Laura, about communication. Does it need to be done by a specific time? You know, but what's the reasoning for it? Um, you know, I guess coming over, you know, or is it just, you know, standard chores? Could it be done another time? So for us, it's always we, we do a bit of a divide and conquer and we've learnt over time. Sorry, I've got little Theo here. I've learnt over time just really to... Um, I think really to share, you know, what's the priority and why and why are we doing it? And in the end, we just divide and conquer. So it ends up being right, well, this is the priority, this is what we need to get done. You know, who's 
best suited has more time um you know there's so many things that could be at play you know someone could be taking kids to sport and whatever and they really need the other person to do it um yeah so i think there's a lot of um uh, variables but for us we've just learned to be like right what's the priority what's important um and in and doing just just to pick up on your comment there about what are the values sometimes Bar and I, we have really different values. Things like floors, we differ a lot. Yes. Like he really cares about the floors. And me, not so much. You know, I wouldn't yeah. be, I probably wouldn't be phased if he hadn't vacuumed, but yeah. I might be phased if he hadn't, you know, thought about, you know, tidying up the table or getting the drinks ready or something like that. And yeah. so understanding, I suppose, and being prepared to respect that there are differences in values um, that we can have and to, again, just communicate more clearly around what, what our values are can help preempt some of those conflict situations from arising. And the thing is, you don't want to be on a bad, like if you've got guests coming over, you don't want to have a huge argument about the vacuuming <laughs> and then your poor guests come into this hostile environment. You want to be, remember our marriage is our mission. We want to be showing God's love through our marriage. So yeah, you just want to keep that in mind too. You want to be a welcoming um, hospitable home. So yeah. if you've got questions for us like this one, you can contact us via the Radio Maria website or visit www.smartloving.org forward slash conversations and submit a question. So before we sign off, we're almost at the end of our time together. Um, we wanted to just share a blessing with you, with you, our listeners. For me, one of the great blessings I've had in my life in the last couple of weeks has been a beautiful song by The Vigil Project. It's a Catholic uh, band in America. And the song's called Oh Mother. It's a little bit long. It's about seven minutes, but it's just beautifully reflective. And uh, my husband, we, we run a holy hour at our parish and he played it for holy hour and just dissolved all my barriers. There were tears flowing, so beautiful. I felt like I was right there at the foot of the cross with Mary being brought to Christ. Beautiful, beautiful song, highly recommend it. Beautiful, thanks Fran, I'll check that one out. My bless you for this month is uh, a website called that Catholic shop and it's run by the Catholic charity Aid to the Church in Need. It has some beautiful Catholic gifts and presents for your loved ones and the beautiful thing is that all the profits from the sale of these items goes towards uh, Aid to the Church in Need's project areas and they support the church in areas and communities where the community can't support the church itself so it can't support the funding of training of seminarians and the building of churches and the support of the religious sisters who are doing work in the community so when we buy these gifts from that catholic shop the proceeds go to the works of aid to the church in need so it's a really beautiful website and it's a beautiful beautiful gifts for you know your your godchildren or for sacramental gifts that you're after so that's my bless you this month to check that okay. out Thanks, Laura. Pip, can you share one with us or are you preoccupied with Theo at the moment? <laughs> I can. Well, we'll see how we go. Look, um, mine is actually something I've recently discovered and it's called the Women's Healing Sanctuary. Um, and it's a it's a space for women. Um, it's just it's just past Newcastle um, in New South Wales. And um, it's just a really beautiful space where women, um, you know, of, of any age um, can, can go along. And it's it's not really a retreat centre, but it's certainly a space for women who are really just needing some time out for whatever reason. And it's it's been very beautiful. So, yeah, I just wanted to recommend that to everyone, the Women's Healing Sanctuary. Thanks, Pip. So that brings us to the end of our time together. You can find more information, including links to our blessings 
show notes and more at smartloving.org slash conversations. That's www.smartloving.org forward slash conversations. We're Francine Parola and Laura Kane from Smart Loving with special thanks to you, our guests, Philippa. Um, it's been great having you with us. We pray that you will be blessed in your walk with the Lord today and we lift you up and all your intentions to our patron saints, Our Lady Undoer of Knots, pray for us, and St John Paul II, pray for us. This is Radio Maria Australia. Goodbye. Mm -hmm.